0: hi everyone welcome to episode,
1: episode, yeah, episode 19 episode nineteen. episode 19 well i
0: can't we're believe that. You're, gonna, you're gonna have to bear with me this week folks as we as we <laughs> pointed out in the little brief chat we have before the, the podcast starts i am seriously migraine today so i'm gonna be dolly um <laughs> but welcome welcome to episode 19 it's lovely to see you all again
1: and today we're gonna be talking about a couple of online discourses um, um to be honest there's there's a couple of things that um i've, I've seen kind of like it, it, i feel like the conversation kind of happens every couple of weeks or months um yeah but one of the things is fast fashion i'm, I'm interested to explore that because you all know me as like a super super stylish person right so um yeah i'll be looking into yeah no i'm not um i will we'll be we'll be looking into fast fashion and then there's the reason why this actually came about, and I was it was the first time I'd messaged Joy, being like, "Oh, by the way, I have I have a topic like way ahead of schedule." We need scheduled. to go over this. Yeah, <laughs> like we like I <laughs> very very much uh, wanted to talk about this, um, and it was like the kind of progressive language and progressive language being like weaponized. And then there's also some stuff about Instacart that came out, and I don't know what Instacart is. I learned about it, but as far as I'm aware people can do your shopping for you yes and that's yeah so it's like a kind of gig economy thing it's like you know it's, it's in the same bracket as your uber and your delivery and your just eat but it's like mm-hmm. specifically for grocery shopping
2: yeah
0: yes yeah right i mean the, every there's lots of different and since the pandemic there's been a lot of different variations started up um instacart is unfortunately one of the worst ones in terms of how they treat people um right. Yeah, it it's it, it's a lot to talk about with it. Um and the thing that brought it to light as well is interesting or oh, that caused the discourse on Twitter this this week. So, um my, my entire week's been discourse <laughs> <It's> been, <laughs> literally i've got every single app i've logged into there's been on different discourse i'm going you know what there's a reason i have a migraine today and it's just because there's been so much happening this week
1: <laughs> we can we can cover all of the discourse and if it gets too much on the migraine front we can just chat shit so that's, that's fair it's what you're all here for um so to be honest this actually all spawned out of um the instacart stuff first Um and my understanding of the discourse of it, I think there's quite a lot of like kind of haziness around it. But there
0: is
1: as 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 far as I'm aware, the like Jorts the cat, the 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 account, like the the Twitter account on Twitter, yeah, yeah, um, made a remark that was commenting on someone's use of Instacart, and I've seen the the kind of discourse around Instacart's been happening for a wee while, where it's like, um, Guys, guys who do Instacart shopping as in kind of gig economy type stuff are like atrocious for doing the shopping as in. So it's like it's kind of been like a bit of a of like a joke online that, you know, they'll they'll send a photo to their Instacart person basically being like oh i can't find this item and the personal reply being like the item you're looking for is literally in the photo you sent me that kind mm-hmm. of haha joke but like this was taken a, a bit more seriously when uh this woman apparently um was outraged that their instacart shopper couldn't find a certain product so got in her car and drove to the shop and started yelling at the instacart shopper uh, yeah. on account of them not being able to find the right product um and George the cat the the, the twitter i'm just going to say i'm just going to say George the cat from now on it's not the cat that tweets it's the whoever owns the, the human account. the human the does human not on behalf of- George. It might be the cat that tweets. But like basically the, the account basic said, um, so why can't you just do your own shopping then? If you can get in the car and drive to the shop to yell at the service person that you've paid to do the shopping, why couldn't you have just done the shopping? Um And this kicked off a lot of stuff. Um It did. Yeah. George Jorts the Cat is now an ableist account that so like there, there was a lots of discourse around whether that's like ableism right and then you've got and this kind of maybe speaks into the wider thing on like progressive language but as far as i'm concerned the the woman in question wasn't disabled as far as i'm aware i may that may need verified um but the fact that jorts even said that ended up with a lot of people defending the shopper on account of well you don't know um what the the issue was bearing in mind that the person was able to get to the shop to yell at the shopper yes um so there was yeah so there was a kind of big hullabaloo about it and ended up with george issuing an apology and then a like pointing towards like a GoFundMe link that the person said, and it ended up the person was transphobic, and it's just literally fucking. It was like just a complete
0: spiral. Oh, it was yeah. a Spiral it's... of people trying to police each other. It was a spiral. And I hate I just everyone here knows me. I am <laughs> I am a disability advocate. Um, and when I was watching this happen, I was like, this was just a way for people to brigade on someone to feel it it felt very like oh i can't believe you said this ableist thing here's this person's gofundme turns out they're transphobic turns out they have a lot of problematic takes is the kind of thing you'd expect from someone who goes to a grocery store to yell at someone who's getting paid not even minimum wage for getting their groceries for them um i do agree that there is a level of ableism that comes along with well, why can't you just get your own groceries? Because that's been a common thing that's happened since yeah. the pandemic, and people doing shopping for you has become a thing. But this was not it. <laughs> yeah. Um they
2: Those... were
0: they were using they were yeah, they were using actual ableism that happens against the disabled community to, as Mothman just pointed out, to get the model hired in this situation. Um and it was yeah. very, very I felt very Annoyed by it because when there's been actual instances of ableism, Twitter doesn't give a fuck. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's very much, you know, if when we talk about, I mean, there's Imani, who's one of the major um, Twitter um, advocates for disability. Whenever they talk about anything, they get dogpiled by ableists. And if we say anything's ableist, they go, well, are are you just, you know, are you sure? Are you just projecting? But this took off. Jorts got crucified. (laughs) <laughs> it was just <laughs> like what the hell is happening that was you know, the worst um, possible
1: imagery you could have associated with a cat <laughs> account there yeah jorts got crucified we've crucified jorts forget the buttering we've crucified jorts but it, it yeah. did like i think like as we all know everyone on social media is incredibly angry all the time and yes. twitter twitter i would say twitter actually probably one of the worst places for it because it's it's so easy with like quote tweets and fucking everything like that. But, um, I find that there's lots of people willing to, like, they, they want a fight. So they'll just fucking like jump in on other people's yeah. behalfs. And like, I think that's, it's, it's led to a thing where you're not allowed to criticize genuinely bad things because there's this spin of like basically using disability and using ableism in order to counter things and that's a similar problem with like fast fashion um and i've Mm -hmm. seen that a lot as well where it's like people who criticize you know the working conditions the practices the capitalism like the you know the non-sustainability or this is Mm insustainability of fast fashion people then go Or do you just hate fat and disabled people then? Because they're the people that benefit from fast fashion. Um, That's that's the line that people take. I don't think it's a correct one, Um, but it's like people who are maybe critiquing, like Shine, for example, will then have a bunch of Shine defenders who are not commenting on the work practices or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but they will go fucking hard that like, oh, well, if you hate if you hate the working conditions, then you hate all of the people who buy the clothes and who benefit from it. Um
0: Which is an interesting you know, to me it's you know, the people that need that can only afford fast fashion are not the people that are taking advantage of Sheen's output system. So if you're not aware Sheen does a thing where they can make up to a million items a day and they'll post limited quantities on their site and if it does well they put the rest up for sale if it doesn't they literally throw it away and wow but it is geared towards fashion hauls it is geared towards people that spend a thousand, three thousand i bought a sheen haul and it's you know three thousand what does three thousand dollars of sheen get you a lot of clothes that these people who can afford to spend $3000 for a video on YouTube then will use maybe for a couple of months and then throw it away yeah and the people you know disabled people you know plus size people all these things you know they're not <laughs> they're not using fast fashion that way they are wearing these clothes until they fall off them
2: yeah, because and it's you know, it the only items. thing you can
0: afford. You take care of these clothes. You are not buying them for trains, You are buying them because they are the only thing that is accessible to you. Um, and that's mm. you know, Shane is funded by these sort of hauls. Um, I I actually own a couple of Shane items. I've had them for years because <laughs> I treasure them. Like that. I with all my clothing, I make it last for as long as possible because I can't afford to buy a lot of things constantly. Um, And it's that kind of, you know, like if you buy, there's there's sheen things you can get that are better made than others. I will say that much. I have Mm. a winter coat that actually stands up to the Minnesota winter from there. That Mm. is insanely rare. And it's, you know, now that I know how their practices are done, I wouldn't buy from them again. Because I have the means to avoid them. At the time I bought stuff, I didn't. And I do feel guilt over owning some of those things, but I'm also not going to throw them away, which is another thing I've seen. People have just been throwing the clothes away. And it's like, do you realize that's more wasteful? <laughs> do you not understand how that's worse? It's yeah. so much more wasteful to just like, oh, well, I don't want to be associated with, so I'm going to get rid of it. And you know, you cannot moralize it in that way. If you were literally throwing it, not even giving it to charity, throwing it away because Sheen doesn't deserve to be born. That's not how this works. Yeah. Um, it's it's Tundra, a really bizarre moral posturing that I don't understand. But it's um, everywhere. It's, it's yeah. fucking
1: everywhere online. It's, Tundra's making a good point in chat that like, you know there's a difference between the market refusing to take you into account so you're forced to get what you can and buying into bad practices for fun. You know, those are like yes. two very different things. Um but I think like it's it, it's it's just tiring to see online all the time like i'm like we've we've been online for a while and it's like you know (laughs) this discourse on like tumblr is always like hot garbage you know we always see that like any any post that goes over like five thousand notes will absolutely without failure will have like three different really shit additions in the notes that people are then beginning to comment and reply to Um,
0: or somebody role-playing that's that's a fun one that happens to me fairly often. But what, um, when
1: people pretend to take a position, is that like devil's advocate type stuff?
0: Or? No, I I literally mean they'll start like role playing as fictional characters in the notes. It's it's a bizarre one. Twi- Tumblr's are weird. Tumblr's a weird discourse platform sometimes. Um, <laughs> <I feel it's... laughs> like whenever whenever
1: whenever I hear stories about that, I'm like I'm just desperate to like you know I wish there was like an online equivalent of like a spray bottle. Um, (laughs) it's like (laughs) you spray people in the notes um but like i think um one of the things that's always kind of fascinating about like online discourse like this anyway because you've you've got i'd say because we're superior joy we're at the top of this tree right we're commenting on the commentary (laughs) of the commentary of the commentary so i dare say there's probably someone else who's above us but like the it starts off with like the thing and then there's people that dislike the thing and then there's people that dislike the people who dislike the thing. And it just goes up and up and up forever to the point where like, I, I just, it, I don't know if our social media is just designed to fucking do this, but... Well, it is. Yeah, it is. That, yeah. It's,
0: um, it, you know, a large part of it is um, outrage addiction. I don't know if you've ever come across that term. Yeah, it's probably adjacent to
1: like doomerism and shit like that. Yeah, for
0: people that aren't aware, outrage addiction is um, you continually look for fights for things because you're not getting enough of the correct stimulation. So even bad stimulation can feel like a good thing because your brain's getting feedback. So instead Mm. of having... Oh, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I call it chasing the dopamine with regards to my ADHD. Instead of doing that, they're chasing stress hormones instead. Because it still gives the brain stimuli. And um, it's a hmm. huge problem that algorithms actually feed into. Because the more heated something is, the more the algorithm pushes it. And it creates a kind of feedback look of constant negativity. And then people do become hooked on the discourse machine because it gives the brain the fun chemicals. Not good chemicals, but fun chemicals. Um, yeah. So it's it's that kind of um, actually. Like, something I think, I think that's weird.
1: maybe one thing that Tumblr does like kind of right is like Tumblr doesn't push the same like. Well, it doesn't have the same
0: algorithm goes, as a lot of other places. No,
1: it doesn't. Yeah. It's still a terrible place filled with terrible people. I'm looking directly. There's, at the there's camera, some good yeah. people
0: too. You yeah, are looking directly.
1: There's, there's, the some, there's some all right people on Tumblr, but they're very very few and far between. Um, <laughs> but like, every, like you see on Twitter, and I think like, like Twitter's the worst for it because like you get like I, actually the, the iSphere Sphere Twitter account is a really good example because when I have a look at it, the stuff that is pushed towards us as a relatively new account that doesn't follow too many people, um, it's like it's always the it worst. It's stuff to make account. you angry yeah like the and i I almost fell into the trap i was like has joy followed this fucking account from the ice no it's not it was it was it was just the recommended for you but it was like it was one of those um take take the wealth pill um here are the the top 20 tips to be a better functioning adult by the time you're 30 and it was like um, cut off all of your fucking friends if they don't challenge you enough like
0: it was that level I've seen that a lot lately, it's be friends with people that challenge you, fucking no I yeah. want somebody I can sit on the couch with and watch telly, I don't want my friends <laughs> to push and challenge me it like was, no, it was like the, the that's constant... what it works for
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just the, the absolute constant like grind mentality, like grind and hustle mentality dialed up to like 11 um, like I mean, they, you, how, did a- how
0: pathetic is your life that you need to hustle at friendship? Yeah. Like how it is so unbelievably toxic and unreal that how these people have just swallowed the capitalistic boot so far mm. that they look at friendship and go, how can I make this worse? Like it- <laughs> to be honest, this is a, this is a fucking
1: good tangent actually because there was a I think there was a study released either in the past week or two, but the number of people who's, who who see that they only have one friend or don't have one friend has like increased massively in the past like couple of decades there's now more people mm-hmm. who say that they don't have like an actual friend and that's really fucking sad i mean like it's people terrible. people like people think about you know like the the incels and like the oh they're not having sex and, and stuff like that the loneliness aspect of like not having like friendship is fucking scary like that's it is it's like, how
0: you become radicalized into these horrible toxic spaces because it's yeah. people people that give you interaction and that is literally how it works you isolate people and then you, they're easy to like i was talking about it earlier this week about cults and stuff and it isolation is a huge part of how cults gain success because they prey on vulnerable people who don't have anyone and yeah. we're living in a cultural and digital age where everybody feels ostracized from everybody else. Pandemic has a lot to do with it. But as you said, the study, I I think I read the same thing. This has been going on for a decade. And a huge part of that is work culture and hustle culture because we don't have time to be social anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, Um, like, saying that because, like, there's just this... There's been, like, a massive disappearance of, like, third places. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, it does... Like, it has all kind of vanished um, to the point where, like... the thing is 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 weird having like an online community because i think online communities are like fantastic places for Mm -hmm. like people to meet and engage but like the problem with like all of the all of the third places from like the high street have disappeared right Mm -hmm. like people people don't have the time it's like you know no one like no one really goes to the cinema anymore right and i'm not saying that the sit like obviously you're sitting there watching a film like so it's not exactly a place that you're going to get human engagement but it was one of those activities same with like bowling alleys and shit like that like i wouldn't say it yeah. was ever super popular here but like you always hear about like americans and their their bowling alleys and you always see, like i remember seeing it in like l.a noir and shit that like the bowling alley was like a place for people to meet and there's just not much of it anymore but that's that's because like all of our cities are designed around cars all of our Mm -hmm. cities are designed around work um to the point where work uh, has started to try and like basically do extracurricular work activities to keep people in the office for longer so they have um, late night beers on a Friday in the office because we're not going to go to the pub for it. We're going to stay <laughs> in the office. Um, we have we you know we do pizzas one week. We we ha- we catch a film in it. Then it's like it's to try and keep people glued to being in the office environment. Um, and like I, you always see it, and it's like I'd say you know TikTok and like TikTok and LinkedIn are really bad on it because you get a lot of young graduates who are desperate to be like recognized within their workplace so they do a lot Mm -hmm. of work they do like a lot of workplace advertising for them so it's always like the young marketing graduate who does like a tiktok walkthrough of like how do i like what's my day like at work i come into work at 5 a.m because that's when the office breakfast bars open we get all of these cereals then i play some foosball then we do some research then we attend a seminar and it's like it's so designed around having your entire life fucking there and then it's
0: very reminiscent of the the working villages yeah yeah it's very reminiscent of the working towns and it's the you know and to be fair to some of them for some people, those were good things because it did build community, but it also built complete reliance on the work. Yeah. And I mean, I was watching um it was an old Cadbury's um documentary in the UK and it was talking yeah. about how the Cadbury's was a working town. They built the town around the factory because they needed so many people. And there were a lot of people who really enjoyed living there because they had a great community. They had access to dental, they had access to doctors, they had access to things they wouldn't otherwise have outside of this community. For them, it was great, but then it became more and more industrialized, and they lost all of that. And it just became a housing estate where you didn't talk to anybody because it was, you know, you were there to work.
1: Yeah, you're like you're, it was, you've become it was, so mission oriented. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's very much a case of oh well, this the you know we have to drive up you know whatever productivity, so we're cutting back on social events until social events became nothing. Yeah, you know, and it's like sure you can have these communities, and for some people. They were beneficial. Um, especially if you were coming from the countryside and you needed the work and you needed the community. But there's always that line. There's always that you're not actually here to be part of the community, you're here to be part of the working community.
1: Yeah. And that changes as well when things like company script is like introduced and it's yes. like I mean like what we're kind of seeing with Amazon at the moment, that like some people get like Amazon tokens that they can Exchange for various <laughs> things. Yeah. Like I think you can exchange. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I was reading an article and it was like talking about how Amazon tokens could be exchanged for like you could get your your laundry done or something like that with Amazon tokens, and like that. It's it's one thing for like I'm not again I'm not advocating work towns, but it's one thing for a work town like Cadbury's way back in the day to be like as part of working in this factory, here is everything that you'll get supplied. And that's just a benefit of working, as in mm-hmm. you will get your dental and da da da. But like Yeah. Which was when...
0: huge because it was in a time before the NHS.
1: Yeah. And what you see now where it's like, okay, you're working at the company but not like we're we're under we're underpaying you and we're also making you pay tokens that you earn through working mm-hmm. with us for for any additional benefit on top of that and it's your decision whether you want to spend them on something very beneficial or little things that help you get through the day you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that like that's yeah I, i i find the the like i i could we could do a whole podcast Whole podcast on linkedin actually i fucking despise linkedin i hate and, it i know you i know you added
0: me on it but i have not yeah. been able to bring myself to log in to actually accept that, it because that, i that's, hate that's, LinkedIn
1: so much that that's absolutely <laughs> fair actually because it's like that it, it started off i think it started off with a genuinely good premise of just like okay we're going to connect people it's basically a mixture of an online cv and a contact networking book but the Mm -hmm. amount of garbage that is fucking churned out on LinkedIn is nauseating, and it's always the same shit. It is, like, people offering quote-unquote sage advice on... It's just hustle culture. It is. It's it's atrocious. And that's where, like, there's so many... It's it's why there's so many young graduates who, like, immediately start simping for the the company that they work for. Um, i I
0: actually got offered a thing through linkedin and it was to write about being successful with disability
1: oh fuck
0: and Uh, the the pitch that was sent to me was is how do you manage to be productive despite your disabilities and they i responded to it i was very kindly with you know i was kind of Thank you very much for thinking of me, I'm not really interested in promoting this because I advocate for self-care above productivity. Um, If you actually read any of my socials you would know that, Um, but also I am not productive despite my disability, I am productive with my disability. I work within the means of my disability. There are weeks when I can do nothing (laughs) and that is entirely fine. There are months when I have done nothing because I have been too ill to work. Never heard mm. from them again. Never. You know, but it's like, oh, well, you do all this. Like, I literally answer about 50 emails a week sometimes. Sometimes it'll be even more than that. Um, I now have, an, for a lot of chronic illness stuff, I have like an auto-paced reply, which is, here are the resources, because <laughs> most of the time people just don't know how to find the resources they need. Um, but I will spend 50 hours a week doing email. Yeah. And it's to my detriment a lot of the time. And I'm very much a do as I say, not as I do person because I don't really I struggle with boundaries. And it's because I was part of a very work hustle culture. When I was in the publishing house, I the work culture we had was toxic. I think I noticed Katie talking, it was um Tundra saying, um, talking about the, you know, the work culture of coffee and then wine. And it was, you know, then the coffee first thing in the morning, then wine at five o'clock. And it that was the cult that was my first career job. And I have carried that mentality with me that if I am not doing the level of work I was doing there, I am failing. And yep. it's taken me a very long time to stop punishing myself for not being part of that. Because the culture was such that when I was there, it was, you know, oh well, it's coffee first thing in the morning, it's coffee all through the day, and then oh, it's wine o'clock somewhere. And it's the same as using uppers and downers. Because you were using coffee to stay up the whole day and churn out thousands of words a day. And then you were taking alcohol at night to sleep.
1: Yeah. To to be, yeah. <laughs> that is not
0: healthy. Yeah. And I wasn't even in a big publishing house. I was a middle sized publishing house. Mm. Um and it's it's even worse for the bigger ones, but it's basically just a churn house for work. Um it's it's really just kind of it's so hard to these de- you know get yourself out of that mindset and the fact that there's now people going oh we want you to write this about how you manage a disability i am fucking disabled because of that work culture
2: yeah
0: you know i've always had my genetic disabilities it was the punishing work culture i was in that rendered me with mobility issues you know it's it's really insidious to be like yeah i was a productive disabled person before this now i'm still a productive disabled person but i'm in massive amounts of chronic pain because of the work culture
1: you it's, know and it's
0: just it's so insidious to everything
1: it's interesting and perhaps even more insidious that you've then got this almost kind of i've got i'm gonna i'm gonna describe it as new wave but it's like it's a kind of new wave of like mental health in the workplace kind of positivity. Which is like really, yeah. really fucking nauseating because as you see it's entirely based around productivity. There's something it I'm is. gonna I'm gonna read out a, a quote to you, Joy, and I would like your I would like your take on it. Um so this is how the World Health Organization um defines mental health. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Mental health is defined as a state of well-being in which every individual realizes his or her own potential, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work produ- productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to her or his community.
0: Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fuck off. Where's the room for joy? Where's the not just me, where's the room for happiness and companionship <laughs> and socialization? Seriously, is, what the hell? Is
1: I like the thing is, is like so is a state of well-being in which every individual realizes his or her own potential, right? At face value, that's That's fine. Uh, Omnatic, I will read it again just so you get it. So mental health is defined as a state of well-being in which every individual realises his or her own potential, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to her or his community. And the thing with, like... All of that is be. I mean, like, if you're gonna take any fucking like line out of that, it's can work productively and fruitfully. They've they've slipped it in in the third line, but that's really what the entire fucking paragraph's about. Um, it's li- it,
0: there is literally nothing there to do with personal well being. It's yeah. all about how can you contribute to society, and that is a fundamental aspect of how ableism is built into society. Um, I mean,
1: I find it like. His- i mean like okay so like to take it into account world health organizations funded by governments governments only give a fuck about GDP, yes. right that's that's fair and expected i suppose um but i mean you could probably make a couple of tweaks to that sentence uh, or like that that paragraph and it would probably you could you could focus it on sorry i'm losing my voice uh, I'm squeaky now I'm going back to being like 12 when my voice <laughs> reversing age. <was> making... <laughs> Benjamin Button in it um. but there was like there's a couple of tweaks you could make to that and it would be a lot better from like a, a self-care perspective or even just a having joy I mean like can work productively and fruitfully is a bit like mega. not everybody I mean, I was... can do that yeah and I also don't like the insinuation that like good mental health sorry to have bad mental health means you can't also be productive i feel like mm-hmm. like that definition really strongly says you know like oh you, if you have if you have good mental health you can work productively and fruitfully there's lots of people who live with a disability and you know mental health issues that can work productively and fruitfully and um, it's not just something that's reserved for people who have squeaky clean mental health you know mm-hmm. um i mean i suppose it's also like and i feel like you know with the and is able to make a contribution to her or his community as well that's a bit of a wobbly one just it depends how we what we mean by contribution and to be honest, I, like a good thing for this is whenever um like whenever people ask like or like ask me who 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 do you see counts as a scottish person i was like mm-hmm. someone someone who lives here someone who you know works here or makes a contribution to the community you can actually contribute to a community without like labor you know like mm-hmm. that's not that like that's not what i mean so when i say oh someone who lives here studies here works here like whatever i i i, I would call them like scottish just an account that they're here like, mm-hmm. you're, you're contributing regardless of whether you are working and paying taxes or not. That's not how I would draw that line. Um, so, to an extent, I feel like they've probably worded it to give them some wiggle room where they can go, well, we didn't say contribution in that way, that's what you inferred. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that paragraph's wholly built around being a productive worker, being a little worker bee. Um, and it's not great. <laughs>
0: I mean it's I mean uh, as Tundra's pointing out as well, it's that is mentally healthy for a workaholic. And hi, my name is Joy, I'm a workaholic. I spent <laughs> the last three years in therapy trying to fix that. Um and it's you know, it's basically again going back to the publishing house, um, they were willing to exploit my ability to work incredibly fast because I was able to hyperfocus on the work. It was an exploitation mm-hmm. of my ADHD. And they wanted that constantly. So it's and it funny was a how case employers if, you do know, that,
1: though. It's funny that employers can clock that trait and then yeah. weaponize it because, like, it—it's the sort of thing that they'll tell you to do something. You know, it might maybe five minutes before the end of the day. They know that you will not be able to like not look at it before you. You won't be able to go. Mm-hmm. I'll fucking deal with it tomorrow. They are relying on you going. Well,'ll I'll get it done now so I don't need to do it tomorrow and then you, you know you, mm-hmm. you get pushed down that lane. Um,
0: for a context, I at one point was editing between 50,000 to a hundred thousand words a week in the publishing house. Jesus And it can take five years to write a hundred thousand words. And yeah. that was the the what we were expected to keep up with. And sometimes you were working on multiple projects a week. And that was how you ended up with at the hundred. Because they go, oh, well, you're only working on five projects. Those five projects combined could amass up to 100,000 words a week. And <laughs> that's why my fingers are damaged and I have to wear splints. That's why my neck is damaged because of the way I used to sit. That's why I have eye problems and mental health problems. And it's, you know, it was the fact that I could do it was oh well you can just be our little worker you you know it was I got yeah. termed as the workhorse of the group and mm. the minute I said oh I'll do it tomorrow it was oh, I mean you're really letting your work ethic go
1: it was yeah. like it's like no what, a work I'm, ethic that already eclipsed like a lot of and the thing is you yeah. don't want to compare yourself to other people but at the same time you know if you're lifting the weight
0: yeah. yeah, and it, it it was very much I at the time I knew there was something different about what I was doing because it was, oh well, Joy can do this extremely fast. Give it to her. I was able to do it extremely fast because I enjoyed it. But when it became a normal everyday thing, where my workload became that, you know, it. But you know, when you hyperfocus, you can do great and fantastical things in short bursts, right? Mm-hmm. That's how ADHD hyperfocus works. If you do that continually, you will break that mechanism in your brain. And at that happened to me with my writing my own book. I hyperfocused for so long that I burned out, and then I had to finish the damn thing whilst burned out. And it was, you know, you cannot sustain that because it's not giving a hundred percent when you hyperfocus; you're giving three hundred percent. That's not normal. It is not sustainable. That companies see the workaholic type people and go, "Well, that's what everyone should be aiming for." Yeah. It's like, no, this is a facet of mental health you're exploiting. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. not. You know, you want that level of work output. You hire the number of people required to do it. That is yeah. the but the bottom line. I of think how that works. Um, like
1: that, again, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say the c word: yeah, capitalism. Capitalism. Um, <laughs> but like capitalism, in my eyes, Uh But the I mean, that's like that's capitalism's whole shtick, though. Is like sweating the fuck out the asset, basically. The, the and and the asset is person, people in this in this. Uh, freezing is that like they basically want to sweat that asset to the point where it either completely crashes and burns, burn out, and then they can pass it off and get rid of it. And, mo- and like that, that person then has to go and do the exact same thing elsewhere. But like the like the whole the, the whole thing is like why so much of capitalism's it's like a mixture of they're desperate to earn as much money. But they also refuse to actually optimize and improve Mm -hmm. like actual processes for people. Like it seems to be a kind of weird double-edged sword where they both want to they both want maximum efficiency and profit making while at the same time they they don't want to actually improve the processes or you know, improve the mental health and prove like whatever it is that they need to do to actually get that over the line. And again, that's what I find really like insidious about like that basically the new spin, we were talking about kind of like extracurricular activities mm-hmm. that companies do. And I find like company yoga or like listing in the benefits that, oh, if you, if you're employed by us, you get like a subscription to like, a well-being app or, or something like that it's like it's it's nice but i feel like it's they're, it's like they're, if, you they're adding this, ben- if you
0: need yeah. description to a well-being app through the work what is the workplace doing wrong that they have to put that in place
1: it, well exactly it's like you're <laughs> you're adding you're adding benefits to counteract your own shit culture like mm-hmm. you know it it, it sh- you shouldn't you shouldn't need to be like you shouldn't need to give your employees a subscription to like a well being app because they should be like all right or at least supported they should have the
0: time without... to take care of themselves but they yeah. don't and you are prioritizing oh well here's an app we've done our due diligence here's a here's an app here's a subscription to like whatever it was calm or Headspace and it's like okay well can I actually have time off to go to therapy mm, no. Yeah. Um, it's,
1: it's interesting uh, it, seloja yeah. uh, saying sorry hex says like capitalism loves short-term thinking it's why the planet's on its knees after 400 years yes um yeah and then seloja's like employee retention's cheaper than recruitment it's like it has that's been proven you're 100 percent right mm-hmm. but most companies just fucking do it wrong it's like why in the long run why would you not want like and and to be honest this is the thing as well like companies refusing to give raises for like good work and things promotions like all the rest of it like there is this acceptance in a lot of like organizations where like they understand that they'll lose a lot of their people because a lot of their people will be offered more money elsewhere and Mm -hmm. there is never any serious push to try and remedy that at all so all of the experience and all of the rest of it just fucking leaves the company every you know like two years or whatever it is um
0: it's and we literally went through that yeah. with uh, mothman lately um with his job he left a job that he was in for a decade loved it and all of a sudden it went very capitalistic because it used to be a very, you know, you know, when companies say, oh, we're a family, it's a kind of like a red flag. With them in the beginning, it was, we're a family. Because it was a family company and they took out, they took care of people. And then management changed hands, still within the family. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was a capitalist hellscape nightmare. nightmare. <laughs> and it was, he just Not left. Like he was like, there's no reason for me to, I've been here for a decade, there's no reason for me to stay. And he went to a new place that is very much, yep, manage your own time, show up, do your thing, you know. Do do you want yeah. me coming to come into the office? Nah, you're fine. You know, it's it's a complete change of you know, being told, Oh, we trust you to manage your workday, as opposed to the other company, which was, we want to make sure that people working from home are working from home, so install this tracking software. No, fuck off. No. Like, <laughs> no <laughs> you know, fuck. It, you know, that was the difference of it. And it's for him, you know, he's moved to a place with less pay, but he's happier. Yeah. And you know, and I was very much the same with a lot of my jobs. I quit a lot of my academic-based jobs Whoa. and I went into service jobs. Um,
1: sorry, hold on. Boris Johnson drops out of the conservative leadership race saying he got 102 nominations.
0: That's, but he
1: dropped out. Yeah, that's sorry, that's breaking news right now. Oh. So, so Boris has dropped out. Sunak confirms PM bid as Rhys mogg says Johnson will run, but apparently, right now, Boris Johnson says he's not having. He's he said so. Hold on, he said he received hundred and two, which is over the threshold, but obviously, he didn't get over the threshold. There's no way he got over the fucking threshold.
0: No, because he would be. Otherwise, he it. Would,
1: yeah. Otherwise, he would be running, fucking which means. Boris yeah so if he's dropped out then it'll be rishi sunak which is great so the person that had to resign the the shamed chancellor who had to resign due to being a tax dodge and his wife being a tax dodge is now going to be the prime minister fucking i hate this country so much i fucking like despise i mean
0: he'll only be there for four weeks I mean, it's. Like, I mean, it's, they're getting shorter and shorter. He'll be there for a month. Um,
1: <laughs> it's like, okay, what's what's the next fucking scandal? Let's go. But that's. A, yeah, that's that's an interesting one actually because I can guarantee you the the line of thought there. Sorry, we're just we're going to dip into UK politics. Tangents and tangents here, yeah, people. Yeah, we're, we're getting tangents and tangents are based on what's breaking news at the moment. Um, but the what will happen is there'll be this assumption that Rishi Sunak will come in and the electorate will breathe a sigh of relief and go oh well thank god somebody sensible is now in charge um which isn't the case because Rishi Sunak isn't sensible like mm-hmm. and what will happen is to be honest I'm, I I cannot believe that Rishi fucking Sunak has decided to put his name in the ring why fuck you're you're fucking you're a millionaire your wife's a billionaire just fuck off to california like
0: Because people that believe they deserve to be in power but but i mean that that was a whole there was a whole deep dive on why the tories are the way they are and people that go to that sort of thing there's a genuine belief that they are the ruling class yeah. Because they also believe in the right of kings. They believe that some people are born to rule, and wealth is one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Um and that's that's what it is. He believes he is entitled to rule because he is wealthy. All I'm
1: saying is UDI is looking fucking brilliant right now. I like I would just do it. Fuck it. For anyone who doesn't know that's unilaterally <laughs> declare independence. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I'm I'm fucking I'm sick of it. I want out. I want out. It is garbage that we have to fucking endure this um and like what is rishi sunak gonna come in and like try and fix the energy crisis and try like you know we're gonna have the he could afford it the the bb (laughs) he could die the bbc the bbc are gonna fucking have him in the superman costume again it was super rishi super budget i think i missed that that one um (laughs)
0: like, <laughs> I'm very happy I missed that one
1: yeah this, it was atrocious and yeah Keir Starmer in Labour is going to be so bad as <laughs> yeah, Trees saying in chat like I I, I don't think Keir Starmer coming in will make independence move um, no. I, yeah we're, we're you know we're fucking heading for it anyway sorry that was a politics tangent who would have thought about that in an iSphere stream <laughs> but yeah i just fucking uh i'm 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 exhausted man i'm just i guess the fuck out
0: it is complete burnout but you can't be burned out with it because you have we have to get independence at this point exactly and you know if anyone you know any english people listening get yourselves north (laughs) get yourselves north we're accepting people you know (laughs) um it's parts of northern england want to come as well throw your lot in it's yeah, you know it's just, i just i'm so it's bad. so it's just so <laughs> exhausting
1: it's, it's like there's <laughs> just no point in me running the running eye for scotland on tumblr anymore it's just a joke it's just a setting set point at things that are happening um <laughs> it's just what's your uh, argument
0: for this I don't have a fucking argument it's
1: like, this. It's, it's like oh yeah but like what, what currency are you going to use um,
0: what, what Just look at all this we can, shit we can use fucking lego bricks at this point it would not matter
1: <laughs> I'd prefer it actually um, and there is a new lego shop in Edinburgh you can now go in and they've got like the lego Ooh. typewriter and stuff which is really cool nice they, it's, it's weird so Edinburgh recently had an, an up I don't want to call it an upgrade. I'm not sure if you could call it an upgrade. But, like, they, no- they knocked down, it was the, was it the St. James Centre? Um, mm-hmm. And they've, they've, they've built this kind of all singing, all dancing. Very, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of one of, like, the shopping mall type places in, like, China. Um, As mm. in it's very, it's very luxurious. It's very grand. It's an experience to walk through. That kind of shit. Um, but they do have a Lego store, and they have like the massive, massive Lego sets. I'm talking like the Death Star at like ten thousand pieces and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, they've got it all. They've also got. We have like, it here in Minneapolis.
0: We've got a giant. Um, you walk into the Mall of America here, and they have like these giant, like, um, like Godzilla-sized Lego mm. pieces that advertise the Lego store. It's a lot of fun
1: to walk through. That's cool. Like I remember when I was in. Uh, when I was in Russia, like there was a there was a transformer outside one of them, but it was like mm-hmm. full sized fucking transformer. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I can I can get behind that. That's smart. Um but yeah, I think uh, Yeah, sorry, back to the back to the politics. Well, I, mean, I, the politics I, the I, I think I think it's uh I, I'm I'm just a, like I don't I don't know I'm maybe maybe it's designed maybe all of this is designed to like mentally fatigue anyone who's remotely interested in politics so it just like slips into fucking acceptance because like mm-hmm. like I like Westminster is shit regardless of who gets in right It doesn't matter if it's Labour Labour have a fucking shadow chancellor that says that the Tories haven't deported enough people so it's two cheeks of the same ass it is <laughs> fucking. It is, it is woeful to fucking watch. Um, and one of the things that the Scottish government needs to get better at is, like, stop being so fucking slow when it comes to, like, good policy. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's some... Poli- like, I think they're so scared to make any sort of mistake that it actually does really hinder some of the progress that can be made. Like, mm-hmm. buffer zones um, around, like family planning clinics has been asked for for fucking ages. And it is just like, just fucking make it a like, you know, we don't, we don't need a consultation. I don't, is it's almost like, I don't give a fuck about the democracy side of it. Just fucking do it. You know, it's like the public all support it. You know, there's very, very few fucking idiots that like don't support it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: there's obviously like a bunch of, um, there's obviously a bunch of money from the Christian right in America that gets funneled into anti-abortion stuff here. Um, that's becoming very, very obvious. It makes like, me it's very always, uncomfortable. It's it's always been the case, but it's like I feel like it's actually something that the American, like Christian right, do really well. Like the they start the movement in the U.S. They find. Someone in the UK they can give money to and get on board and start it here. And then when the UK almost legitimizes their position because it's become a thing in the UK, they then pivot all their money back to the US and really fucking go for it and mm-hmm. um, that that's how i see it as well and as trees mentioning you know it's, it's the same with the transphobes it's a hundred percent the same with the transphobes so it's like you can see the impact of american money coming in and speaking to the right people and then you know obviously there's uh there's the pile of transphobes uh who are all terrible people um in the uk and like they are then used as examples back in the us um which is
0: Look, see how much support we have around well, the world for this.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, Selogia's saying in chat, you know, it's like J.K. Rowling being cited in, like, U.S. laws and stuff. And it's like,
0: how... Like, how how, how can does a children's sh- author become cited in U.S. laws? Yeah. That is what gets me. Yeah. Like, it just... Yeah, um, anyway. But it's it really is just a self-fulfilling cycle of people in power and wealth managing to make things happen and you know it's not as widespread as it, it looks they're just incredibly influential because they have money yeah and wish the i average... had money i would be influential uh-huh. in a better way i know With good fun um but it's it, that is basically what it is it's money is able to spread these horrible views farther and wider than the other people because a lot of the people that are fighting back against it are marginalized they don't come from wealth <laughs> and it's yeah You know, it's a big thing we see in the disability, you know, disability community is, you know, like, oh, well, you know, why isn't, you know, you should put more effort into your activism. We can't afford to, (laughs) you know, we are not corporations. We cannot afford spin policy and all these things to make our harmful toxic work ethics look good. You know, it's, you know, it's very, it is very much tied to the capitalistic machine. It's very much tied to keeping people in line with what the you know the wealthy and powerful want, yeah. which again is yeah. why what's his face will be a fucking PM.
2: Yeah, sure. and it, it's yeah. It, uh, it's exactly. just
0: yeah.
1: Um, I mean one one joke, sorry just one more thing on the the transfer. I did see that the the LGB alliance. Um, which is the kind of like transphobic hate group in the in the UK. I saw them trending they, on Twitter. They, I refused so, to click. <laughs> so, so, so 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 they had their conference, right? And mm-hmm. um, and like they have a conf- they have a conference for LGB rights where there's like more straight speakers than fucking any other a- anyone else who tries to pretend they're like LGBT aligned. Mm-hmm um but like there was like there was a photo of like all of the people who who attended and it's like yeah there might be a hundred people in that room but there is at least thirty thousand twitter accounts (laughs) because it is like it is all just like astroturfing uh astroturfing um Mm -hmm. like you know like they they constantly have more accounts because that's the only way they can kind of keep that momentum and stuff like that going uh, sorry i'm just watching the dog in the background there <laughs> holly's enjoying a good old scritch yep. um but yeah i think like it is a wee bit like whack-a-mole with them though like there's mm-hmm. no point trying to engage some of them because they're like it's like they, they start the the start conversations with bile and the moment that it starts it's kind of like ah fuck off like mm-hmm. i've started to, it's like what i do with the anons on tumblr the moment they started being like overly aggressive like i think you can you can beat sea lining with like just like over politeness that puts them down but like if mm-hmm. someone comes out guns blazing then just nah fuck off don't have time for you um anyway what were
0: we talking about <laughs> it was boris johnson it, and before that it was Fuck me, I don't know. <laughs>
1: capitalism. And, capitalism uh, was, is always here. Yeah, I was, was talking um, about like you kind know, of like the mental health. Um, the mental thing.
0: health and hustle culture that is pervasive through a lot of
1: yeah. our current
0: evils in society. We were talking about town work, uh, work towns, and everything else.
1: Yeah, we were we were talking about uh, we were talking about work towns, and then we were talking about like the kind of aggressively positive, like, pro mental health line that a lot of corporations are taking wow. um which is yeah minging um and it is it's like that kind of like oh workspace yoga and like again it's all the, all the kind of benefits that like look if a bunch of people in an office want to do yoga over lunchtime that's fucking fine crack on but like when the company tries to make it like a like a benefit like i i don't want to look down the benefits I always, like I imagine in the US it's different, but it's like, obviously you can like, oh, you get your healthcare, you get your dental. Um, mm-hmm. And also and also there is yoga on every Monday.
0: Well, you also Tuesday. get discount. If you partake, take up a gym membership for some places, they'll give you a discount on your health insurance. Oh God, um, that's so fucking if insidious. You're, I hate if, it. <laughs> if you're taking care of yourself, you'll get more benefits for your healthcare. You'll get points towards, oh, well, you can redeem this against the cost of your healthcare stuff. Oh, um, so much. You know, if you quit smoking you know you'll get more points if you do this you'll get more points And its I really don't like that, I don't even like the fact that you can get insurance through a job here because as soon as you lose that job you lose your access to healthcare yep. um, uh, yeah. it's just the whole system's fuck. Um
1: yeah it's, it's, it's Mothman in chat and they'll also give you a discount if you get like a Fitbit or something that tracks your health metrics mm-hmm. and like health data in the US is like you've got to be really, you've got to be really, really fucking careful with your health data in the US because it ties in with how much you pay for your, like your premiums. um, And then you've got the added issue of like the identification of that as well. So like Mm -hmm. health data, you've got your financial data, you've got whatever other type of data. Now your HIPAA data and your financial data should never really combine. um, Because that could, you know, straight up identify you as a, individual and also like the ripple effect of having those two in combo could make you specifically targeted for various things. So I mm-hmm. know like the, obviously there's like HIPAA regulation and stuff like that that's like really um you know obviously that's looking at like kind of health data privacy sort of stuff. Um but sorry I, I another thing that I thought was really funny about American work culture and I made a joke about this on uh, on Tumblr earlier and for the Americans in chat you can also just like, let me know what the actual fuck. But, like, writing a post-interview thank you letter to everyone who interviewed you? Why? And it has to be it has to be sent to them
0: individually. You can't... So, what? This is not a new thing. This is a thing that my mother did when she was seeking employment in the 70s and 80s, and it was a thing that she instructed me to do when I was looking for jobs. This is not a new thing. It is an it, old... It's a throwback to... Um, the culture that is ex- for the working culture from the fifties and sixties and seventies. I've um, never, I've never been told
1: to do that, like in Scotland. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's even a thing in the UK. It might, it might be, but like, it so I mean, it was it, it, w- it
0: was at one point because again, my mother have been. did it. And it with my dad as well, he would be very much like, oh, well, you're supposed to show respect to the people that are trying to employ, and I'm going, it's a fucking job. Like, it's not, you know, like, but it shows you yeah. the difference in work mentality then and the work mentality now. And I think it also is the difference, you know, you get a lot of people saying, well, you're not showing the work, the, the right respect to people that are willing to give you a job. And our generation and the generation after us, there's no reason to give them respect because they don't respect you
1: yeah i you mean know, like
0: it's it's yeah
1: there's so like just to just to uh tell you something that i've been uh doing so there was a there was an interview that i went on um when i first lost my job kind of in the first half of the year um and i was interviewed three times right mm-hmm. and then i never heard a single thing from them again yeah right? as in they didn't even they, they didn't say that i had been rejected. They didn't uh, see the job had been given to anyone else. They didn't, nothing. Absolute radio silence. Two weeks ago, I got another email being like, you still want this job? Um, And and if so, uh, do you fancy having an interview for it? So naturally, out of sheer curiosity, I decided to accept that and Mm -hmm. i and i attended the interview and they said to me so the person who was interviewing me had no fucking idea that i had previously interviewed for a job and had went through three rounds
2: they Mm -hmm. had
1: absolutely no fucking idea not a clue it's like it was but but it was the same hr person who was reaching out and arranging the interviews and i was like how have you not passed this information on i got to the i got to the third round where i was like meeting the directors like i've met the direct <laughs> what am i gonna go through another three rounds and meet the same directors like what's what's happening um so they've um i'm um, i'm yet to i'm yet to go back and say yes i would love that second so they came back and say oh we've, we've moved you forward we've got that second interview and i'm like what so, uh, so that will have been five No, so the first thing is three rounds. Sorry, people in chat are asking. The first one was three rounds of interviews. Meet one person, met the team, met the directors, then radio silence, and then I've met one person, I'm now meeting the team, and they want they want me to meet the directors as well. And it's like that this will be this that'll be six interviews.
0: Six yeah. interviews. What For them to go radio silent again For, at the end of it?
1: I swear to God, see if they do. It, I'm gonna like go to their offices and be like, "What the fuck is happening?" Um, it is it's nuts. Ab- like absolute insanity. Like work culture is just fucked.
0: Um, the level of hoops you are required to jump through is akin to the circus. Except at this point, <laughs> I think the circus probably has better healthcare benefits.
2: <laughs> um, at least you've got it's, insurance. It's,
0: it's, it's really just unreal I mean again you know anyone that's looking for a job these days it's you know it's so difficult and a lot of the questions are designed to catch out as well yeah like there's a lot of what jobs that I you know I would be perfectly capable of doing but because they use things like oh like eh, can you lift a 50 pound set can you lift a 50 pound crate i'm doing office work why do i need to be doing this <laughs> it's a subtle way of saying are you disabled same yeah. with do you have regular transport they want to know if you have a car or if you use public transit they don't yeah. want someone that uses public transit they want you to have a car and it's like okay what do you want do you want a workforce or do you want
2: <laughs> yeah you know
0: like you don't get to have it both ways you know
1: yeah i think the um like it's, it's I, again we could probably spend a whole fucking podcast we just talking about like hr practices and red flags and and all this sort of stuff but like i think on one hand like there's 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 like a ridiculous amount of courtesy expect expected from the person who's applying while the company can just be this like faceless like we don't give a fuck about you. Um, Mm -hmm. that i like, I think we all know, and it probably doesn't need to be like dwelled upon, but it is shitty. Like it is really, really shit. And like, you know, I'm, I'm fine to have like a kind of like a cultural fit and all the rest. But like, the problem is, is when you're looking for a job, like I was like having, having four and having three interviews, having four interviews, um, that's, like they're all two weeks apart like that's useless for someone who's actively searching for a job you know you need income yeah it's like i i would like to be able to eat and pay the bills please um i mean fuck knows what would have happened if i didn't have streaming you know i would have been Mm -hmm. yeah i mean
0: that's the that's the big thing you know with um how there was a disability thing recently and they talked about how a lot of disabled people are entrepreneurs because we fucking have yeah, to yeah, yeah, we cannot got... get employment. We start our own businesses because we cannot do anything else. Um yeah. it's really just you know, it, it's such a you know, the, the work culture we currently have it's so inaccessible. And it is it is disabling healthy people. I mean yes. I, I as I said before, i we now know that I have genetic disabilities. I was born with these things. My body was not as bad as it was until I had a particular job and I knocked my pan in for that job mm. and then I got another job after that where I also knocked my pan in and it <laughs> left me with debilitating crippling chronic pain which means I can't stand up and do it. I, you know, I, I used to work 12 hours doing wedding hosting. Yeah. I can barely stand <laughs> for a couple of hours now before my entire body aches so much that I will be unable to work for the next three to four days. Yeah and that was the work culture that did that to me um and it is um it's yeah holly is trying to figure out <laughs> in the background who i'm talking to <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs>
1: one day one day i'm gonna meet holly mop in real life and she'll just be like what in the fuck you're actually real <laughs> you're
0: real <laughs> i thought Mum was just talking to a screen <laughs> um but uh, the it, it really is like the, the current work culture is creating problems it is creating mental health issues and again they're they're giving you they're saying to you oh well here's an app the app's not going to fucking do anything when it's not Mm. it is not just a failure of you to take time for yourself it's a failure for the system to give you the time to be a fucking person
1: yeah i mean
0: you are not given the time to be an autonomous person with time for hobbies and sleep and rest and you know the weekend you spend the entire weekend recovering from your week the weekend should give you time for leisure.
1: Yeah, and like you know? that's that's to be honest, I actually think that's partially why you always have these people who are like living for the weekend because it's like it's the only time they ever get a chance to fucking breathe anyway. But at the same time, it's like it's the only time they actually feel like they can like recover a wee bit. And like I think that's that's one of the things like I, I struggle to have two busy weekends back to back because it's like you're you're working like mm-hmm. you know like for example like there was <laughs> there was a couple of weeks ago where there was like three family events in a row like each weekend and mm-hmm. you are just fucking exhausted
0: by it and it's well, like, those, those were the weekends that we were like let's cancel the stream <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like,
0: we needed a day off we were just like although this is fun and it is social and everything else it's still taking you know social you interaction it active. still takes energy from you yeah
1: you know um, as i'm sure that everyone in chat recognizes that there's a there's a during the podcast joy and i and then there's an after the podcast joy and i um and they're like <laughs> you know it's it's like uh, there's like an active doing to being on stream um is. which is which is interesting anyway the the reason why i thought it was like this is this is another fun uh, mental health figure for you, Joy. Did you know that in a survey of over three million respondents, ninety percent of them said that they didn't feel like they could tell their work if they needed a break due to mental health? Ninety percent of three million people said that they didn't feel like they could tell their job if they needed a break from work due to their mental health. It is, it is so tragic. It's fucking it's in, like insane. And like the thing is is all, I think all of us hear that figure and go, yeah that sounds about right. But like it's
0: also insane. It makes it very real and it's not just a, I'm it's cuz I feel like with a lot of people they think what's a me problem yeah because you hear mental health and you think you know well that's a me problem i need to work on that but when you have that astronomical level it's not a personal problem it's a systemic problem and that really puts that into focus that it's not an individual failure to cope this is a systemic problem that is causing a breakdown of how (laughs) how we are as human beings if you cannot, if 90% of 3 million people cannot turn around and say, I need a week off yeah. to, to recalibrate, you know, like, the fact that even people need to say, like, I remember, my mum always says to me, oh, we never had mental health issues when I was, you, well, you did. <laughs> but at the same time, the work ethic and the expecti- expectations of work were very different. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of, t- if you worked in an office nine to five back in the day, you couldn't take it home with you. There's no computer. Yeah. Even with my mum, my mum's generation, there was no phone. My mum had no electricity until she was 12 years old. Mm. Um, and that's because of the, you know, show, showing my mum's age and showing my age. She grew up in um, Post World War to Glasgow and everything was still bombed out, basically. Mm. And she remembers when her clothes, which is an apartment block for people in the US, when they first got electricity... And it was a whole big thing. And all the mammies in the close took all the Wains out and took them for a walk because they were convinced it was going to blow everything to fuck. (laughs) um, That was the kind of, you know, she grew up with that era. She grew up with, well, you can't take work home. She also grew up with unionization. She grew up with, you finish it, you start at nine, you finish at five. Yeah. We don't have that anymore.
2: Yeah.
1: I think, like, that's, that's the thing that's so, like again we've probably spoken about this a wee bit before but like on the kind of working from home side of things it's like because so much of the work is now just digital you can fucking Mm -hmm. like you know you can be answering slack messages at like 11 o'clock at night and not be mentally going this is work if anything this is just like you don't see it as work you see it as maybe clearing your schedule for tomorrow yeah um or making sure that you've responded so you don't need to respond to it tomorrow and again that's probably like turning into maybe a wee more on like the workaholic side of things where if you're mm-hmm. handed a task before the end of the day i don't want to do that tomorrow so i'll might as well just fucking do it now um it, it kind of it would be interesting if everyone like was like hourly paid 'Cause I feel like if hourly pay was the norm, like and people were keeping their time on it, like it would it would like all those all those ten minute email replies after work and all the rest of it, Mm -hmm. all of that Mm -hmm. would add up and companies would go, actually shit. (laughs) Well, one one, we've got to pay people the right amount and two, oh god, they're actually working a lot more than we well, they know how much they work over. They it. They
0: know how much we we'll work, and they just don't want to pay for it. I actually yeah. have a story about that. Um, again, relating to the to the um, publishing house I was in, um, I did a lot of remote work for them. This was the start of remote working, and they used to make us bid for projects. Mm. So, on top of our workforce, they would email you at six, seven, eight, nine p.m. at night, going, "Oh, we've got a new thing, and who wants it?" Oh, and it was a smart. way of it was pitting it was basically you know we weren't interns but this is when i really first started and it was basically a way of saying who wants that you know who gets to work yeah. this week oh fuck and because we were paid by we were paid per word edited not by our and um there was this one lassie who had auto reply set on her email so that every time she got an email from that place it just said i'll do it because <laughs> we could not figure out how the fuck she was doing this and eventually, you know, she was it, it came out that there was a um that she'd auto replied it. And we're going, Well, that's not fair because you know, there was three or four of us that couldn't get any work because her email was grabbing everything. Yeah. Um and then it was okay, well, we'll switch it to work per hour because obviously, you know, like you should be getting paid not just based on this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh they were still emailing us at 6, 7, 8, 8, you know, 9 p.m. at night saying, oh, well, we're still working, so you should still be working.
2: Oh, fuck! sake. And <laughs> um,
0: it was, you know, and I was like, okay, but you're getting paid, you're salaried, yeah. right? You And you can come into the office whenever you want. You don't have to do nine to five. I am contracted nine to five. Yeah. And I started putting in my time for the amount of time I was putting in to clear the projects that were getting handed to me. Mm-hmm. And it got up to the big boss. So the big boss phones me and she says, "Why are you putting in so much overtime?" And I'm going, "Well, these this I'm I'm getting emailed at these times by the the senior editors. So when they are emailing me and when they are phoning me, that is work time. Yeah. And it was like, "Well, no, they're just reaching out." And I'm going, "They are reaching out after work hours. Therefore, I am billing the company for overtime." Yeah. Fuck it. And it caused this massive <laughs> row just absolutely you just you just, just been a fucking nuisance joy <laughs> i know but it was it was this whole like you know like this is just the nature of the work you're obviously just not committed to having a career in publishing and i was like away oh, and fuck yourself and it was really just so insidious that they just wanted you to do it for free and i yeah. was like no i'm already knocking my pan in as I mentioned, doing fifty thousand, I thought you know, hundred thousand words a week, and it was, and I'm going. If I am doing this, I am getting bloody paid for it.
1: Yeah, and okay.
0: I'm not saying that's the reason I got let off when the second recession hit the UK. I'm just saying it was probably a very big reason as to why. <laughs> but it was that kind of. It it's was very convenient actually, for them. Yeah, I was so re- you know I was actually relieved. I was devastated because it was you know my first career job with a job that I really enjoyed. Mm. But I was actually so relieved when it ended because I'd been killing myself. Like, even when I moved to America briefly, I I used to do stints over here in in the US when Mothman and I were figuring out our long distance stuff. And it worked out better for me because I was awake at their nighttime.
1: So I (laughs) was They were fucking emailing you anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when they were emailing me anyway. But I was getting projects cleared. So that when they woke up, everything was done for them, and it worked out really well for me then. Yeah. But even then, I was doing insane amounts of projects, and a lot of it was just really kind of just it just a I wasn't being paid enough. But then they just there was no boundary, there was zero boundary, and if you tried to set boundaries, and if you tried to say, well, actually, if you want me to do this at nine o'clock at night, you were paying me for my time, and it just caused a huge well, you're just not committed,
2: yeah. and it
0: was like. Are you, are you are you committed or are you just <laughs> handing off the work to somebody lower down the, the the ladder than you that you don't have to pay as much yeah Who you think oh well this is their first career job so you can bully them into doing that and it I mean, was that that's yeah that,
1: like that that's the thing with all the kind of graduate jobs particularly like mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say in in scotland as well can be pretty bad for it like as as, as anywhere but like there is this mindset of um because companies aren't hiring for longevity Mm the the hire like new grads new graduates they sweat them for like the two years and then on the on the cusp of when regulation comes in and maybe tries to like you know oh you're actually gonna have to start paying these people or you'll have to give them a certain amount of notice um you know like oh they they'll they'll have certain benefits or certain rights because they've been working for you for that long they just punt graduates out um mm-hmm. and then and then get the fresh batch uh almost like cattle uh, straight from the universities to be like okay well you this can be your grad job now um and I, I for the life of me i don't think it's a good business decision i don't like i mean it's not it's it's not a It's not a good way to do business, but it's also not a good business decision either. Um, It's very...
0: There's no longevity to it. Yeah. And Um, it is very much in the same way that fast fashion, (laughs) the original thing we were supposed to be talking about. It's that, you know, it's that kind of, there's no longevity built into it. They are treating us as, as disposable objects. Yeah. And but then like, wondering why there's no workforce because you can't produce people at the same rate that Shane produces their pots or whatever they're doing.
1: Well, and it's, it's, it's interesting that like we started this talking about like Shane Halls. I didn't know that was mm-hmm. a fucking thing. Like I I, I didn't. Oh, they're I, I like I I knew I knew that they were like kind of fast fashiony, and there's like I always see that there's a bunch of it, te- it tends to be women who talk about a specific. Dress from Shine. Grab it now. Limited supply. It actually kind like see the thing that you told me about how it's like there's a limited amount. They manufacture fucking loads, but they they put mm-hmm. on the website. as a. It reminds me of like the kind of. Um. Dan Olson did a really good video about Fortnite and the monetization on Fortnite and how absolutely mm-hmm. every single thing. In the Fortnite marketplace is manufactured scarcity. Uh, Southern Orchids just mentioned that in chat, actually, um, but it's like it's designed to for that kind of like fear of missing out, and then, like, what? Well, so, so people buy these halls. I, I, I can only imagine people are buying these halls, effectively doing Shine's job for them, because they'll be yeah. the, they'll be the marketers, even if they're not actually associated or employed by shine or shane or a
0: lot of partners. them have affiliate contracts and for right. the number of when they post the links to things they will get a kickback from the affiliate things affiliate links are not inherently harmful but the way so for context the, the Amazon way that Amazon it inc- outs- yeah yeah
1: the way that incentivizes yeah. like maybe me, yes. me being like an affiliate on twitch is very different to like the product of
0: Yes. Clothes. And there's also there's also a difference between Amazon affiliation that, you know, some people like if you if you're an author, you will be encouraged to be an Amazon affiliate because then you can regroup something like forty pence yeah. back. If someone clicks your link and buys your book, you get forty pence back out of the two dollars that Amazon takes for your the distribution fee. Amazon influencer is a different thing because mm. they have their Amazon affiliate influencer account and I was asked to join that. And it, I said, no, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah. And they were like, well, you're already an affiliate. And I'm going, yes, but I am trying to drive people towards Amazon for my stuff. I'm not trying to sell people, get the rarest fashion trend. You know, it's really, <laughs> I, because that's what they want you to do. They want you to say, oh, this thing's in limited amounts. And I'm going, I am not okay with that. I get, and I get emails get, about
1: this all the fucking time and i've only just clocked it now that this is what amazon actually wants me to do but because as part of being a twitch affiliate you need to sign up to the amazon aspect of that i i get the i get the emails being like you should put your like favorite fridge as a link and whenever like people buy it through Mm -hmm. your link (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. anyone want a
0: fridge anyone um they encourage you to do things. They encourage you to take advantage of mass yeah. sales. They, they 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 really push the oh, it's Amazon, whatever, prime day. Push everything that you use or push, you know, all these things. I'm going, I have no interest in that. I am yeah. only using this to try and recoup some of the money that recoup some of the money that I lose in distribution to publishing. And yeah. I do it with other places. I do it with Berndon Noble, I do it with Bookshop.org. I do it with um Apple. And it's just built into the system that you have to do that because otherwise you are losing sometimes eighty percent of your sales to the yeah. company in distribution. Uh, it's the same with my my um, uh, my Kindle stuff. I Kindle takes an eighty percent royalty. Um, not Kindle. Audible takes an eighty percent royalty on audiobooks. That is. And that is not like that they, is nuts. They, they reached out and they were like. Well, if you did an uh, um, an Audible ad, you know, if you if you see when you have the YouTubers that are doing the download Audible now, blah blah yeah. blah blah blah, they get a fairly hefty chunk of money for doing that. I, even knowing I could make up some of that loss, I'm like, I don't want to advertise you, yeah. because you're evil, and it's it's you know if. I've been trying to do like I was looking into um, Libro FM, which is an, a valid, a very valid and good alternative to to Kindle. In case anyone's listening, they do they have a lot of the same library catalogue that um, Audible does, and they pay people slightly better. Um, but I was trying to get affiliated with them, um, and the process is so much harder. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Whereas yeah. the where is the Audible one is, do you want to shill our ship? Where it is great. There you go.
1: <laughs> and I was right, like, Hi. Amazon's pissing money at this point. I know. Um sorry, I do want to touch on one thing that Hex has mentioned in uh, in chat, and that is that um having previously worked from Burberry, Burberry do burn their fucking old stock because they really Chanel. Like from from the they they're they are desperate to not have the brand tarnished by undesirables wearing their clothes. Mm-hmm. Um but they also do the same like I know that there is a shelf life for like fragrance and things like that. But um I like you know it was it was a frequent criticism and we used to have protests outside of um burberry the store in edinburgh as well that you know as a member of staff you've just kind of kind of like stand stand around but like yeah they mm-hmm. they just burn stock on mass if it doesn't sell um so think about like the, obviously the pollution on that fucking side of things but
0: the yeah. pollution the waste the cost of labor that goes to waste yeah um it's really quite sickening and shine does the same thing if they do not sell a certain thing they don't sell it anywhere else they just destroy it it goes straight into a landfill and a lot of it's made with fabrics that are not biodegradable
1: yeah so Um, from from that just is 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 the total number manufactured but they only put some out and then they will release the rest if they Kind of batched amount that they decide to put up for sale.
0: My understanding is that they will make trial runs of things in a you know in the in the trial runs in the millions, right? Yeah, and they'll put things up, and what doesn't sell well get taken off the catalog, and they try something else, and then they have the things that do sell well become staples. They will also do limited. Oh, this is a limited thing. This is a limited thing. Right, but they will also that is also marketing because I have noticed that some of their stuff that is limited. Has been on their store for five years.
1: Yeah, it's...
0: so it it is paying into that that kind of FOMO. You don't want to miss out. And I again, this 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 is actually this is um, very relevant to how marketing actually preys on mental illness and also some neurodivergences like ADHD, where impulse control is lowered. Mm. And it's the same with loot boxes. Loot boxes are criminal yeah, because
1: that's, that's just chasing addiction and gambling. It's chasing
0: addiction, and addiction has been linked to things like ADHD and certain neurotypes that make you are more prone to chase dopamine. And those things are a very easy way of chasing dopamine. And it's that kind of buying You know, a lot of sales are not actually sales because you're not missing out on anything. You know. A lot of the time for sales they will actually rack up the price of something and then lower it maybe ten dollars so it looks like a better sale than what you're getting and it's um it's very kind of that um artificial scarcity and it's both they do it through manufacturing but also through marketing they give you Mm. the sense that you are missing out on something constantly and if you just have this thing if you just manage to get ahead of the trend maybe you'll be okay
1: yeah, I mean um, I suppose what I was what I was wondering there was on the um does Shine put things into production if they sell well or is it like uh they actually do bulk produce fucking everything and then like you said. They, they, they mass stable. produce
0: everything. They right. mass produce everything and then they see how the sales do and then they just you know, if something doesn't sell well, Go, it just gets yeah. pitched. And I
1: suppose that's the thing with like fast fashion is that like you know it's it's one thing for a company to try out a new product and then go right we're putting this into production in the way that you would like design a car yes yes it's it's actually like we've actually already made fucking millions of this um because you know like people will buy like several different ones like i mean i know that there's there's people to be honest i'm a i'm a wee bit like that as well as in if i find something that looked good on me i would probably just buy like a bunch buy of ten ra- of the
0: same t-shirt
1: yeah fuck it i do not care <laughs> like i, I would um, i would wear black t-shirts for the rest of my life i do not give a fuck like i i just want to be the the most fucking boringly dressed person i don't care Well, um, it takes
0: a layer of, you know, there's some people that find great joy in fashion. I'm one of them, but I'm also, I deal with a lot of disability stuff, so I need to be comfortable as well. Yeah. And I don't have the means anymore to dress like a 50s vintage goth vampire housewife anymore, which was the look I used to do a lot of the time. (laughs) Now I just live in leggings and t-shirts. And I yeah. will buy them in. I will buy multiple colors in my size, and that is my uniform until it falls off me. And then I will find something else that is my uniform. Um, I'm,
1: I'm, I like how we're having this conversation while I'm sitting wearing an UDI because I couldn't, I, I couldn't be arsed going and <laughs> finding a t-shirt. Um, this is this is my uniform now.
0: That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I like I I quite like the udi stuff. I think it lasts pretty well. It does. Um, it does. It washes well as well, which is a thing you may find with Shane that they don't. You wash it once and it's dead. It's,
1: it's fucking um, gone, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I've noticed that with,
1: like, a lot of fast fashion stuff is that, like, it's, like everything is advised to wash on cold like you know at least yeah. they, tr- they try and extend the life but it's like yeah wash everything on cold make sure that it never gets over like 20 degrees make sure it never actually gets washed um it <laughs> just don't have it there yeah um but yeah they like I mean I suppose like on that um you know i'm I'm having I'm going to be having quite a frank discussion like, on Discord about, like, Twitch advertising. And just, sorry, I'm, I'm pulling the conversation back to another tangent where we're talking about advertising. Because, like, Twitch ads, it's becoming, like, a really big thing. that like, Twitch is pushing me at the moment to um, run three minutes of ads per hour in order to to get, I think it's like, oh, we'll give you 50% of the ad revenue. Can I just say... For anyone who wants complete transparency, I took a screenshot of how much like the ad revenue was last month, and there was like five dollars or six dollars or something like <laughs> I'm like I am not getting fuck all for like ad revenue, but they are desperate for all streamers to like take ad breaks, and I've like I I don't enable ads on any of my like my YouTube videos. Uh, I, if if there was a way of me saying, fucking get rid of ads entirely of my twitch and you know whatever i would i would take that i just i absolutely despise the cramming of ads down my face Mm -hmm. um is is horrible but it it means it means that you have to start having these kind of conversations it was like well in order for me to actually like grow on a on on twitch on on a platform um i need to make it So that the onboarding of new viewers is really easy. So that means I need to run ads throughout it because if I don't, then new viewers will have to watch two minutes of ads before they join my stream, Mm -hmm. which means that that's two minutes where they go, well, I'm not fucking staying around for this. I'll watch something else. Um, And that's a big
0: pain in the ass. So is mm-hmm. and it, you know it's really annoying to me because I you know ETV is trying to say oh he uses uBlock to block things um, yeah it, it sometimes blocks them for me it sometimes doesn't um, and it's the uh, Southern awkward saying if you're using Chrome we highly re- recommend that you switch to Firefox because it re- protects your privacy more and mm-hmm. you will actually probably get less ads if you use Firefox with uBlock um, but uh, it it's very kind of insidious like there's ads for everything um, and I avoid that by subbing to you. That that's how I avoid them. But it's you know I can't afford to you know subscribe to everyone yeah. that I watch, and it's annoying, especially when we're doing like this sort of thing and we're getting broken up for ads. And you know there was someone actually saying there we got you know an, an audible ad in the middle of this.
1: Cheeky bastards! <laughs> Cheeky yeah. fucking bastards! Um... Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's the it's, it is the race against ad and ad blockers. I mean, I, I've, I think I've told you about this before, Joy, but there was a guy that I knew when I was in China who was very proud of the fact he was working on a technology that would track the eyes of someone looking at their phone. And if their eyes weren't paying attention to the ad that was playing at them, the advert would pause until they resumed looking at the ad. And there was no way to skip or avoid or anything. And I was like, you do understand that that's just fucking evil, right? You Like, you know that that's evil. It's
0: like, like super villain levels of... It's like Dr. Evil levels of parody of evil. Like, who the fuck?
1: Yeah, it's just fucking, like, terrible. <laughs> it's, 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 it's utterly garbage. And, like, as you can see, like, there's lots of people in chat at the moment going... Um, Oh this stream I was I was enjoying watching the stream and then it got fucking interrupted by like you know three ads back to back. Um it absolutely ruins the viewer experience. So it the like people who are watching feel compelled to either pay which means that they're subscribing to individual streamers. So not mm-hmm. everyone's going to have the money to subscribe to one let alone the four or five other streamers that they watch. Um and then you know the the other option is to put it on the the Twitch streamers to then mm-hmm. run those ads to like actually time it like throughout a stream. So instead of someone's stream getting interrupted, it's a hi everyone, I'm about to go for a drink of water and a piss. Uh, I'm gonna run an ad now, and it's you know I, I I have never wanted to fucking ever be the person who goes oh it's time for an ad break. It's like. <laughs> One, I don't but think it
0: also, it also <laughs> implies you're getting a lot more money for those ads than you actually are because it Fuck makes you yeah. complicit in them.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that's the that's the fucking frustration as well, because it's like obviously I'm I'm not like I i would I would actually I would actually fucking despise it if I was getting a bulk of Twitch revenue from ads at the expense of everyone else. Like I would mm-hmm. again, I would rather disable the ads. Like the people who, you know, subscribe to me on Twitch or Ko-fi or whatever you know, they do it for like out the kindness of their hearts, actually. They're all really nice. Um but it's it's you know, it's like I, I have never thought my content was worthy of like, hi everyone, I'm about to pause whatever the fuck I'm doing to have a three minute ad break per hour on stream. I mean, what the fuck is is Mangin? Twitch is it gonna is. like Twitch is gonna be watching and that's like gonna kick me off for like terms of service breaching <laughs> or something like that. And they're like, yeah, you fucking prick, you you need out.
0: There's probably some contract there. That's like you're not allowed to, to talk about this. Yeah, but, exactly. um, <laughs> it it's really it is insidious for a lot of things, and I've seen people that you know, I I've been prompted to put my odd aud- audio onto Spotify. I cannot imagine anything worse than listening no. to an audiobook on Spotify and then it stops to give you an advert. So people are like, oh, well, you can now put it on Spotify and you'll get money from the ad revenue. I no. would rather no. put the book out. I'd rather, I've would rather. i actually considered putting it on Bandcamp where I do not earn any money per stream. I don't get any ad revenue so that people can enjoy it that way. And then if they decide they want to buy it, they can buy it. Um, a lot of people who work in marketing and advertising would probably scream at that. But yeah. I would literally rather do that than have my work interrupted by a an ad on Spotify. Yeah. Like
1: imagine um, like Vlad mid sentence, and all of a sudden you get a fucking adverse. <laughs> what?
0: Vlad in the middle of his anti-capitalistic rants, and then all of a sudden it's buy our product, and it's just yeah. like not really the vibe I'm going for. Not really the vibe. Um, guess... it, it's it is everywhere, and it's unavoidable, um, and it's. It's especially kind of like I, I get a lot of. Well, if you just engage with social media properly, you could be re- making real money from this because, like, I I have a lot of people that message me going, "How the hell do you, have you maintained such a successful Tumblr audience?" Because when people click links from me, it crashes the the Amazon bot tracking. You know, my sales rank. You know, there's numerous times Tumblr has broken the Amazon tracking function for sales mm-hmm. rankings. And a lot of people go, "How the hell are you harnessing that?" The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> it, you know, it, I'm not out there. I just shitpost
1: post up on Tumblr.
0: <laughs> pretty much, and it's you know, I get a lot of people saying to me, "You realize if you actually harnessed your platform and became like a committed social media person, you could make a lot of money." And I'm like,
2: I'd, Yeah,
0: money would be nice, but I, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to sell people things. I'm not interested in. I want to sell them my books yeah. but I, I'm not interested in like presenting myself in a way that is tangible to consumption like it's even with these podcasts like it's you're getting me with my migraine with my shades on and my green light you know you're not getting you know I any more effort than that <laughs> and it's you just get the reality of us like you I'm sitting here in migraine you're sitting here in a because you couldn't be bothered to find a t-shirt there is no pretense here. There is no attempt at building anything more than just a you know community interaction. Yeah. I don't think. And it's we- you know, it's very kind of insidious that I keep getting pressure to I get a lot of emails from people saying, you know, if you if you used Instagram, if you used your TikTok, if you did this, if you did it properly, you would earn a lot more money than you do. And I'm going, Great, but it's at the exploitation of other people. It's at the exploitation of people's time. It's taking their money away from, um, you, you know, it, people make, can make a lot of money on Instagram reels and TikTok stuff. They can make a lot of money in those views. Mm. But, you know, what are they pushing to get that? What would I have to do to become acceptable for the TikTok front page? It would be to never yeah. talk about disability. It would be to never talk about queer problems. It, you know, all those things that actually are the reason that people follow me you know and it's like oh i'd have to basically sanitize myself and while think, i'm all about yeah you know personal hygiene that's not what that means you know it's very kind of i don't want to have to clean up my content because my my content is not bad
1: there's also you know, like it, i mean like one thing that I would say the tumblr cr- crowd really don't respond well to is like like really manufactured tailored like marketing like it's why companies aren't successful on tumblr right like even yes. even the even the ball shaving guys like i mean they, they to be honest they're probably the ones that have flown close to it but that's only on account of like i, th- I feel like whoever was part of their marketing team just really understood tumblr knew that it would be memed to death for the like the kiwi ball shaving type mm-hmm. uh, thing but like obviously people have been kind enough that i've been able to like shell for udi but like i feel like i would you know i would it would be if i started to do it for like raid shadow legends i can guarantee yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be particularly good I mean, anyway this stream we, we, is we, sponsored by raid no it's not um...
0: The, the weird one for me was when ECOS Paint, which is also known as Lakeland Paint in the UK, mm. they were like they saw that I was shit posting about my house renovations in my god awful house, and they were like, "Oh, we saw that you use our products. Do you want do you want a, a link for that? Do you want to do like some things?" And I was like, "Are, are you 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 want to be associated with Tumblr?" And they were like, "Well, we like what you're doing." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah," oh. and I think I've earned something like. Sixty dollars in the last two years since that happened, <laughs> but it's from people who you know it's you know house paint's not a huge market. It's not yeah. easy to shill house paint, but it's it's one of those things where they were going. Well, you're actually talking about what our mission statement is. You know, you know we are very conscious that there are fragrance disabilities, there are chemical disabilities, and that's what they aim for. And they're going, you're great for that because your house is a disaster and you are slowly making it not a disaster and you're doing it with a thing that is accessible to you because I literally could not paint my house I could not do any of the wonderful things I've done in my house if it was a regular paint because I would be allergic to the latex I would Mm -hmm. be allergic to the fumes I'm going great I can do this I can shill briefly for ECOS paint and you know people do actually click on them because my audience is going actually I would like to avoid having migraines every time I I paint my living room you know Mm -hmm. And it, but it's it was such a weird thing. I'm going out of all the p- people that have reached out to me. I'm going that is the only one I would consider, and it is the least likely one to make any money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> like one of the yeah. one, one of the things that um, I was actually quite happy with when it came to to Udi. I, feel, I know I'm a walking Udi advert. Okay, you can just stop the hate. Um, but I was like the fact that like I like can be quite upfront i don't earn commission on like hoodie sales like hoodie sales so like if people can go and like use the code and get cheaper stuff that's cool but i would i would feel uh, i would be like I, i don't think i'd be able to say that earnestly if i was also getting commission i think it would be like hmm like i like i feel like it would cross the line like at least now i can say you know oh here's a code you know like crack on um
2: because
1: mm-hmm. it, it, it it gets it gets you stuff for cheaper it's still expensive but you get it cheaper um whereas if i was earning like i don't know three pound fifty on UDI, i would be like nah nah it's not
0: yeah way. i mean it's it's, well it's really just about um <laughs> what you are comfortable with and i also um the starry sky was talking about how the mental health podcast and their ads were six ad reads in an hour for better help i mm. talked about BetterHelp. i used BetterHelp at one point uh my therapist left BetterHelp because they were being exploited mm. um and now she does her own thing um but you know there you know there's things like you know you have to, if you were trying to talk about things, if you're talking about ethics and mental health, you know you can't be shilling for people like better health, you mm-hmm. know because they've been shown to be like not. some of the people they hire are licensed therapists, but a lot of them aren't. There's mm-hmm. also people that are, you know, the therapists aren't getting paid what's are owed. Um, and also there's issues around the kind of mental health they are promoting which is oh you have 24-7 access to your therapist that's not Ugh. ideal um, that's what emergency helplines exist for uh, and also you're not entitled to 24-7 uh, you know access to someone um, even if you are paying them to be your therapist that is not a healthy boundary to have there's there's just yeah. there's a lot of stuff that comes to like your sponsorships that I think if you are going to do it ethically you do have to you know look at, at you know what you're being offered what they're you know what you're promoting yeah and you know what if the earnings are worth your integrity um it's it's very kind of i don't know it makes me very uncomfortable i get a lot of ads a week I mean, a lot of people are weeks into it oh if you just talk about this i'm going right well what i go and research the company and i go Mm, not too keen on yeah. some of that. And they're like, well, you don't have to disclose any of that. And I'm going, Right, but <laughs> oh, I I would know. Yeah. I a, would a know. Li- lie and I'm not and, comfortable with that.
1: Yeah. You know? It's um I feel like that there is like there's tons of that, that like kind of just push for like the, the breaking point. It's like, to be honest, there's probably an amount of money where you would probably get me to sponsor like be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. If Raid Shadow Legends want to give me a million pounds then you know fucking crack on i will i will totally 100 percent endorse that because i could then use that money to go and fucking do other better stuff but like Mm -hmm. i think there's definitely a limit where you kind of have to like cap it because like i wouldn't want to be paid like like i think so like some of the for example the, the raid shadow legend sponsorship that i um so what they ask of you is too much. They, as in, they want me to have a specific raid shadow legends like overlay on my stream. I need to stream it for four hours. I need to get at least ten people who sign up and buy a starter pack from them, uh, to be eligible for like a payout of like fifty quid. And it's like, so hold on, four hours of my time, completely revamping my my stream and convincing. Ten people to then go and buy stuff on Raid Shadow Legends. It's not happening. <laughs> Sorry, we're all we're all the looking mop. at a dog on st- stream at the, the moment. Mop. This is the mop. Um, but anyway, that's <laughs> yes. that's that's yeah. So uh, sponsored by Holly Mop, um, who wants treats. Um, that's <laughs> pretty much it. We need a cat on the other cam. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them are interested. <laughs> that's the thing i can't reliably get cats to attend streams i'm not committed
0: um, like holly mop is there
1: <laughs> yeah she just she's
0: just fussing over me because she knows i've got a migraine <laughs> and she's like what are you Hol-
1: doing holly mop's currently paying her rent uh, the cats never <laughs> the cats are actually like several weeks late on the rent uh, several months late on the rent um but anyway, I think, like, you know, obviously we've probably had a good couple of tangents in this stream. This was originally going to be looking at, like, the kind of discourse around, like, almost like the weaponization of progressive language. And then we mm-hmm. got really, really sidetracked when we started talking about capitalism. So I, I do say that we could probably look into the weaponization of progression, progressive language at some point, because it is...
0: I think we did, is, because we talked we a did. lot about how, you know, companies co-opt and kind of... Yeah. But the, we could offer the, the one about but, George which was interesting where people were just going oh well, this is ableist uh, you don't Yeah. yeah, it, that, that was a weird one.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was it was a strange one but I mean like to be honest actually a really good example of that is um, one of the like the newspapers in the UK tried to defend a Tory cabinet member who was like acting like he was on drugs at the Queen's funeral by saying that it was like neurodivergent like Ticks? yeah it's it's like and like everyone else looked at it and was like yeah this guy's on drugs but like someone in the british media decided to like try and spin it as like oh you're actually attacking someone who could be neurodivergent didn't actually say that they were neurodivergent it was like it was just the it was again the weaponization of the um the language of it and it's yeah it's a bit yikes um But yeah, sidetracked by discussing capitalism that should be yeah, that should be the title of this Yeah, should be the tagline for the podcast uh, but it should. Be, should be the title for this stream uh, we'll probably have to edit the stream title now we had one planned we will it's, yeah. now it's like oh fuck
0: this but, is what we get for planning the stream a week ahead exactly
1: you know what so this is actually everyone else's fault it's not ours we we decided to try and plan a bit more vigorously and look what's happened we ended up Do you know whose fault it is it's Boris
0: Johnson for breaking in with his breaking news uh, yeah I agree I completely sidetracked
1: there we go fuck the Tories (laughs) Um, right so we are going to wrap up the podcast bit of this stream uh, if you are uh, in chat at the moment then you know we'll be hanging around for about 10-15 minutes uh, afterwards your first mistake was filming the ice fear before a live <laughs> studio audience you're great you know what you're fucking right yeah you're 100% right um, but uh, we'll be yeah so we'll be hanging around for another 15 minutes so it sounds like we're wrapping up but don't go anywhere um, and yeah that's us for the stream thanks very yep, much thanks everyone. for listening uh, and we'll see you in a bit goodbye
2: Bye-bye.